That's what I like to call a teachable moment, buddy. <laughs> I know. Padded Room Podcast, flagship of the Padded Room Podcasting Network. My name is Darian. I like to think that I run shit around these parts. I don't. Don't uh, don't get in, let there be any confusion about that. Buddy is in the house. Buddy, hey. what's up with you, man? Oh, not much, man. It's not good much. to see your smiling and bearded face, my friend. <laughs> yeah. We missed you last week. Yeah. What, what, you were sick, uh-huh. right? What is it? What did you have? The stomach thing that's it, going around? It, it was something like that. I don't know. Were I you throwing up? No, I wasn't throwing up. Diarrhea. No, just completely just... Just... What, sniffling? Coughing? Uh What what do you got? Just cold symptoms? Something. Dude, it's... It's gone now. It is. Well, I mean, there's a whole new shit flying around. Yeah, and I'm happy to infect you with it, which I probably already have. <laughs> probably because you just because you stepped inside my house. My house is like the Grudge House. I, I notice how I didn't hear about this until I walked in the house. Well, no, no, I'm not going to tell you. You don't you don't see Kaiko outside advertising the Grudge, do you? No, you come in and then you get fucked with, and now you yeah. stepped inside my home. Now you're going to leave with a uh, all you can eat buffet of germs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I should say thank you or fuck you. Um, well, I mean, you can thank me all you want. <laughs> Yay, you're going to call into work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, it sucks. It's going around, dude. My uh, my son had it last night. He was up to like 3 in the morning, throwing up, uh, made the mistake of giving him red Gatorade, which made it look like he was vomiting, oh, no. vomiting blood, <laughs> yeah. which gave him a miniature panic attack. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's just Gatorade. But, Daddy, you blood. <laughs> and then my wife woke up with it this morning. My son is fine. The good news, though, is that it only lasts about six hours. Yeah, that's, that's definitely good news. If you can make it through six hours, you're gold. All right. So uh, my wife woke up with it this morning. She's just coming out of it now. Uh, I have dodged this little stomach mayhem bullet. So far. So far. <laughs> like to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. What happened is I got myself one of those hyperbaric chambers. Uh-huh. I keep it in the closet in there. <laughs> yeah. Somebody so much as breathes on me incorrectly, I dive. I do a shoulder roll, and I duck, dodge, dive right into that fucking thing, and I don't come out for 48 hours. <laughs> so I am the boy in the bubble. That's what I am in this house. <laughs> you want to live? You want to live to see tomorrow's like uh, Michael Bean. If you want to live, come with me, Terminator. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're going to the closet. <laughs> All right, you maniacs. We're about to roll uh, roll right into the season of the saw. We're about to close. Well, almost close it out this month. I got one bonus episode coming your way, but we have the regular shit show to get to here, amigos. We got horror news, listener mail, the whole enchilada. 
I like to start things off with horror news on a Tuesday. Horror news. Buddy, what's on your mind, big guy? Alright, Shudder acquires Rob Zombie's Three from Hell for early 2020 arrival on the streaming service. Have you seen that one yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. I'm not mad. Everybody seems to hate it. I get it. I understand why. It's not really a horror film. It strikes me more as a western than a than a horror film. Oh yeah? Yeah, you got the band of outlaws. They gotta spring one of their own out of the joint, and then they gotta get across the border. It's very Tarantino esque. I mean it's a Rob Zombie film, so there's mm-hmm. plenty of uh wacky shit. Right. Uh crazy going shooting on. and oh, yeah, and uh torture and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. But you know, other than that I felt like it was a western. Yeah, so the film is slated to prepare to premiere on Shudder in February twenty twenty. I like it. Yeah. I'm into that. Action RPG Vampy Vampire arrives today on the Nintendo Switch. I saw that. Yeah. So I guess it was already on the uh, on PC and PlayStation 4 and Xbox One back in June. But it's now uh, out for Nintendo Switch. Okay. I've, I've contemplated... Graphics look cheesy. That's the thing about the Nintendo Switch, man. Yeah. There's like two games on there that I really, really, really want to get. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like two games is enough to warrant me going out and buying a Switch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know, dude. I don't have a Switch. I, what, I don't even know what they're going for. Uh, you can get one probably about two fifty. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not expensive. Wow. But still, I mean, now you're you're saddled with this thing. Yeah, you know, and then it's like what yeah, two fifty for two games? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. I think I'll uh, if it's on PS4, I might check it out. Yeah, I guess it is. All right, worth yeah. looking into. Yep, it is PlayStation Four. Yeah, back in June. So that's all I got. What do you? Oh, got? what do you say? There, trailers are up. We, I just made a bunch. Of, talked a bunch of shit about the Grudge, uh-huh. but trailers are up for the new Grudge movie. Oh, have you seen them? No. Um, I am going to reserve judgment on this one. I saw it. I saw the trailer. Um, it strikes me as being very American. Hmm. I, I mean, it, it's the, it's the same concept you from what i gather it's the grudge you got the house somebody died in a terrible rage the grudge is born anybody right. goes into the house gets to leave with a little party favor that's going to follow you home and fuck with you until you die uh here's what i don't like i that's only a 30 second trailer mind you okay. but i saw no inkling of kaiko at all or huh. uh toshio now it goes without saying that if this is an Americanization, there will be no Kaiko or Toshio. True, but I didn't even see like a, a young woman or a little boy. Sounds more like a paranormal activity. It could be. It could be. <laughs> I don't know if I'm. I don't know. Maybe they. Maybe they're just playing that card a little bit closer to the chest. Right. But from what I saw, yeah, maybe it, they did that on purpose. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. Yeah. But if dude, if they're going to go full American with it, then I don't know that I'm. I'm, I'm interested. In, yeah. You know. Do I want do I want a Stephanie and a uh Colton uh haunting my house? No. I'm not, no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not afraid of Stephanie and Colton, all right? <laughs> yeah. Kaiko and Toshio, yeah, scare the piss out of me. Right. Stephanie and Colton, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm going to reserve judgment. It could be good, but from the trailers I saw, uh I don't know. 
Uh, Nicolas Cage has been cast in an upcoming horror release called Wally's Wonderland. Yeah, I saw this. I am pumped for this. (laughs) I am rapidly becoming a Nicolas Cage super fan. He is a crazy bitch. I love it. I love that about him. That's my favorite part of Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Right. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I guess he's going to be battling haunted animatronics. Yeah, animatronics. It's it's got like a Five Nights at Freddy kind of a vibe to it. I'm into it, man. I got to see the... What was the last? one he did uh color out of space i haven't seen that one either. me neither but i love mandy he's batshit crazy and mandy yeah i'm into i'm into it man uh the what was that mom and dad oh yeah tearing up his pool table mm-hmm. love it fucking love that guy uh the writers of the conjuring have uh kind of announced a new horror franchise oh, yeah? now this is kind of, it's very strange for for somebody to announce a new franchise yeah. because usually you, you put you one movie out. Yeah, you put a movie out, you see how it does, yeah. and if it's good, then you roll right through. But they're saying yeah. it's already in for three movies. Wow. It's going to be based on the uh, Madame LaLaurie mansion in New Orleans. Okay. You familiar with this property at all? A little bit, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, Nicolas Cage used to own it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, if you want like an in-depth huh. look at it, watch American Horror Story Season 3, Coven. Mm-hmm. You get a, a full run through of the whole goddamn place mm-hmm. and the history of it. Um, I'm into. I guess they're going to go ghost with it, right? It's the Lollary yeah. Mansion, unless they're yeah. going to do like some kind of a prequel voodoo thing. Perhaps. That'd be kind of cool. I'm maybe, into it. Maybe that's where the trilogy comes in. Could be. You know, we'll see what we'll see what they do. I don't know. Uh, lastly, this is particularly stupid. Walmart has censored the Blu-ray slipcover of Satanic Panic. They've shortened it to just Panic. Wow. So they removed... <laughs> it doesn't surprise me, honestly. <laughs> uh, what What was... They did the same thing to Deathgasm. What did they... They, they called it something completely different. Yeah. It was I, like I Metal Mayhem or something like that. It, it was something stupid. Ridiculous. You'll yeah. pick it up and you're like, this looks like an awful lot like Deathgasm. Uh-huh. And you look it over and you're like, these are the same fucking people that were in Deathgasm. This is motherfucking death game. What is horror <laughs> yeah. apocalypse? What is this? <laughs> right? Come on, man. So now, say oh, if you're man. thinking you're going to buy the Blu-ray of Satanic Panic at uh, Walmart, just look for Panic, because mm-hmm. that's that's the the correct movie. Well, that's that you like want them there. not selling explicit CDs. No, know, but just... they show they'll, they'll sell uh, all the Predator movies. People <laughs> yeah. getting blown up. Uh, because they're classics. Well, I mean, I agree with that. They are. But still, you can't really... I don't understand how you pick one over the other. Right. Whatever. What's fucking Walmart? Aren't they owned by Mormons or something like that? I don't know. Christian fundamental. They're owned by weirdos. I know that. Whatever, man. That's all we got on the horror news. Let's do a little listener mail there, buddy. Underground Mormons. Underground. <laughs> so, Mormons in hiding is what they That's are. That's right. Rich as fuck, those guys. Right? They don't need to hide from nobody. <laughs> no. Come right out and say, yeah, we're Mormons and we're crazy. <laughs> With black shades on. Yeah, we're just going <laughs> to censor uh, We're gonna censor your tires next. That's right. Censor the mayonnaise. Because we're crazy and we're rich and we don't know what the fuck is going on. Listener mail. 
Hey, we have one voicemail this week. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Just confirming what I already knew. Right? That it is, uh, long, has been a long time for us to hang up the microphones. But we're going to keep going anyway, you motherfuckers. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. And you ain't stopping us. Uh, let's get down to the beautiful land of Alabama with the jackal of people that call into the podcast. It's Alan. Alan Chacha. Added room. What's up? What's up, it's Alan? The, uh, I don't know. Y'all always call him cool. I like the tomahawk. I've got one. It's in the linen closet in the hallway. Anyway, <laughs> it's a good place uh, for a tomahawk. Everybody's doing good. Uh, Monica, I do believe, is something wicked this way comes. You are correct. Uh, as far as Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3 goes, I love that movie. Really? I'd seen the first one before I saw it and didn't like it. Then later I rented part three because Kim Foray's in it. I'm a big fan of him. Mm -hmm. Watched it. Loved it. What I liked is it's so, to me, it was a mean movie. It was what I originally wanted from a Texas Chainsaw movie. Um, I don't know that I'd Anyway, that the little girl, I do believe, is actually Leatherface's kid. I think they allude to that. <laughs> anyway, that's all we... I got. Y'all have a good one. Bye. How do we arrive at that? <laughs> Inbred. <laughs> oh, with who? There's, uh, in the entire Sawyer, Sawyer clan, there's one female. Well, two, if you count the movie we're about to get into. Three, I suppose, if you count her mother. So... I don't. I don't know how. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't understand, did, buddy. Did you watch uh, Texas Chainsaw Three? Leatherface. Yes. Yeah. What did you think? It was different. It felt wildly out of place to me. Yeah. It felt like a movie that was designed to be something completely different, and almost on its own. Then they just said, "Fuck it, put a chainsaw in there and call it Texas Chainsaw." Yeah. Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Not my favorite, and in the if you're if you're trying to follow any kind of continuity here, it's best that you just forget about that one and the next generation, because they don't fit into anything. Yeah, they don't fit in at all. I'm not even sure they took place in Texas. Well, I would assume so, but it's never. I don't think it's ever alluded to. I don't. Maybe the first five minutes. <laughs> maybe I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a fuck anymore, man. Well, that was it for the listener mail, buddy. Do you have anything for Alan or Alan? Thanks everybody for calling in. <laughs> calling in. Thank you very much, Alan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All righty, you maniacs. Are you ready to get into a goddamn movie, buddy? Sure am. Let's fucking do it. This place? Just the address. It's caged by frail and fragile bars. Wow. Restless by day and by night. Rats and rages. Look like Granny likes to play a little pool. What exactly did Granny do for a living? I have no idea. I just learned about her yesterday. The beast in me.
That's right, inmates. We're talking about Texas Chainsaw 3D. It's from 2015. Uh, this one stars Alexandra Daddario, who has shot straight to the top of my celebrity sex list. I'll tell you right now. Uh, if she wasn't already at the top of yours, she will be by the end of this movie. Right. I'm a little disappointed in the lack of um, nipple slips. Uh-huh. That should have happened. <laughs> I think we we are going to defy the laws of physics. Her shirt is going to defy the laws of physics mm-hmm. by the end of this movie, and it's not even a real shirt. It's like a half. It's like a button up thing. It's like yeah. a half shirt, really. Denim half shirt. Something God like that. damn! I tell you what, son. Mm-hmm. She is a bit of all right. If you have, well, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Alexander Daddario, Dan Yeager, and Scott Eastwood, son of Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Whom I might add looks absolutely nothing like him, from what I can tell. Did you see any resemblance at all? Just a hair. Little little hair. <laughs> Saw the hair. Similar hair. Similar apparently. hair. <laughs> uh, so this one is going to pick up, uh, we're actually going to pick up right smack dab in the middle of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to start it off with some flashbacks to the f- original film. We're going to go to Sally Hardesty. Uh, Franklin, Jerry, all those ass clowns that got butchered back in 1973. Yep. And we're going to, we're going to follow that train of thought for a second. And as we're doing it, we're going to notice that Drayton Sawyer is suspiciously absent, but he is now being played. He's there in character, but he's now being played by Bill Mosley, who is not that far of a, of a stretch from, yeah. uh, Jim Seidel, I don't think. Right. Um, so that's cool. And then we're going to run right into the events that immediately followed the original Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre. So we had Sally Hardesty escape. She jumped out the window, uh, got picked up by the truck driver. That was all well and good. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, she made it to wherever the fuck she made it to and got the local authorities involved, yeah. which as you'd expect one to do. Uh, from there, things got a little wacky because uh, one cop shows up to the, to the Sawyer estate. He's mm-hmm. like the sheriff of the town. We're going to find out this is a small town of Newt, Texas. And uh, he's like the sheriff of the town, the only sheriff, apparently, mm-hmm. at least at that time. And he's like, oh, goddamn Sawyers. He's used to dealing with these ass clowns. These guys are like the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia, but in Texas. Yeah. And a lot more mean-spirited. A lot less, uh, you know... Uh, well, I guess they are white trash, but mm-hmm. they're more... They're less into dealing drugs and more into eating people, mm-hmm. which is pretty gnarly. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty nasty. Uh, he shows up and he's like, okay, 
I got a girl back at the station says uh, you guys butchered her friends, so just fucking come on out with your hands up. And Drayton Sawyer's inside the house, and now there's like 30 other Sawyer's. Yeah. Mysterious Sawyer's. Sawyer's eye. Sawyer's. Whatever the plural of Sawyer's is. There's like a whole clan of them in there now, and they're a bunch of fat guys. We're going to see a We're going to get cameo, actually, from Gunnar Hansen, who played the original Leatherface. He's only in this for a second. He plays random big fat Sawyer number one, Mm -hmm. who's sitting by the window. Uh, so Drayton's like, fuck you. They came, they came onto my property. I was defending my home, which we know to be false. They actually abducted those poor kids and butchered them. But they, they blaze it out, put some, you know, blaze it out there like, oh, you know, whatever. Uh, eventually the cops, the, the sheriff is like, okay, send, send Jeb out, send the boy out. Cause we know that he's probably the one behind this and he's dangerous and he's, you know, she said that the killer used a chainsaw. We all know that that's Jeb we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So Drayton goes back inside, and he's they're like, oh, fuck, man. We're about to get... There's going to be a bloodbath here if we don't send him out. So uh, Random Sawyer number 1, played by Gunnar Hansen, is like, just send him out. He's kind, of a, he's kind of a halfwit anyway. Just send him out there. He'll never know the difference. So Drayton goes back, and he starts berating uh, Jeb, as he usually does. You goddamn kid, you fucking fucked us this time. You let the bitch meat get away. And starts, you know, hitting Jeb with a, I don't know, a stick or something. And he's about to send Jeb out to, uh, you know, get arrested or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then a fuck, all the townies roll up. Oh, yeah. In their Ford pickup trucks and their stinky cowboy hats and probably reeking of chewing tobacco. That's not a good thing. That's no good, man. Mm-hmm. We went right back to Nightbreed on these motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. But uh, he, there's, like, there's like a spokesman for this lynch mob. Big fat guy. A uh, guy by the name of Bert Hartman. Mm-hmm. That, ring, that name ring any bells there, buddy? Mm-mm. This is the grandson of Sheriff Hartman who caused all the problems in Leatherface, the prequel. So this would be Stephen Dorff's grandson, if you're keeping track. Um, So he's a fucking asshole. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, you know, eye for an eye, Sheriff. Ain't no getting around a good book. And Sheriff's like, God damn it, this is a police matter. Get your fucking assholes back in their trucks and get them the hell out of here. I got this thing under control. And you're like, oh, no. And then without prompting, really, one of the the side rednecks decides to fire up a Molotov cocktail and launch it through the Drayton house. That was pretty cool. That was pretty uh, unwarranted, (laughs) really. This whole thing could have been resolved peacefully, but not anymore because now we're firebombing these poor people. Mm -hmm. So in comes the fire. And then, of course, the shooting starts. Uh, All the rednecks just open up fire on the the Drayton or the uh, Sawyers. Uh, Sawyers return fire, don't really do anything. Complete massacre of the Sawyer clan is what we're oh, looking yeah. at here. So uh, all the Sawyers get killed, and then now we're sifting through the wreckage a couple hours later after the sun goes down. One of the rubes finds Leatherface's saw, and it's all charred up, and he's like, I'm going to hang this above my bar. And then another one kind of wanders off where we see that one of the Sawyers actually survived. A mm-hmm. uh, young lady with child, baby, in her in her arms, not like pregnant. She already had the baby. Um the Rube decides he's just going to kind of steal the baby, which is, I don't know why you would do that. You're a real prick if you're doing that. And then kill uh, the young lady who was holding the baby. So that sucks. A little karate kick to her face. Yeah. 
karate kick to the face. She's <laughs> she's already been shot and burned, and now you're going to break out the the kung fu on her. Thanks for the baby. Hiya, <laughs> cowboy boot even. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So she's now out of the equation, and they just stole this baby. Uh, that's pretty much the the end of our prequel. There. Mm-hmm. From there, we're going to roll into what I have to assume is present day. Um, but bear in mind, this movie came out in 2015. Um, the fashion of the film is of 2015. I would be okay to write it off as taking place in the early nineties. Cause there are some early vehicles in the, mm-hmm. in the movie, but there is one significant piece of technology that shows up in the film that is way too far away from 2019. So it has to actually be present day or at least close to within a four or five year radius so um now <laughs> this this is where our biggest problem with with this timeline begins because we have the now grown baby uh who was abducted from the sawyer massacre and she has got she's played by alexandra daddario she can't be a day over 25 tops what do you yeah, think 25 so following the chronology that means that she would this movie would take place around about 1996 but it can't because we're going to FaceTime somebody here in a few minutes and that's 10 12 years out yeah so either that's fucked up or Alexandra Daddario is actually playing somebody who is 5 years older than I am because that means she would have to be born in 1973 which would make her Late 30s, early 40s as this movie takes place, which she clearly is she, not. Yeah, not even close. Like Way too hot for that shit. Uh, regardless, you're just going to have to see past that because we're just that's just how it's going to be. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we cut to a young lady somewhere, I believe, in maybe Arizona, Southern California, working at a supermarket. And uh, she's got a she's got a family, and uh, everything's you know kind of cool there for a second. Her and her boyfriend and two of their other friends are planning a big uh, road trip to New Orleans, yeah. which is awesome. And uh, they're yeah. going to have a great time. Everybody's going to have fun, and uh, they're going to have to go right through Texas to get there, which is convenient because that morning she gets a certified letter from an attorney in Texas stating that he needs to speak with her immediately. Uh, she has inherited of a massive estate from her grandmother, Verna Sawyer. Now, she thinks both of her grandparents are already dead, so she goes and confronts her white trash family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Rubes from uh, the uh, Sawyer Massacre. And they're like, hey, what? I got a grandmother I didn't know about? How does that make sense? They are complete white trash. And you can tell because one of them is wearing a wife beater with black socks. And that... <laughs> is what I like to call a tell in the white trash community. Hmm. If there's any confusion, wife beater, black socks, white trash. Anyway, Raven's in the house. What's up, Raven? Hey, Raven. Uh, so she gets all pissed off at them. and Oh, you know, baby, we love you so much. And the dad's like, oh, no, I should have just left you there at the goddamn fucking burning shit. Uh, these two are pieces of shit, if you didn't know. They're shitty parents, and they're pieces of shit, and kidnappers Yeah, at that. Uh, it's okay, Raven. You made it on time. You didn't miss anything, babe. So uh, she's like, well, now i got to go find out who my real grandmother is. Right. They kind of clue her in about the Sawyers and what's going on with that. So they get in the car. They get in their uh, VW van. See, now this is one of the things that I could say, Okay, maybe this does take place like in the in the mid '90s or something like that, because they got this old van. 
You know, I'm like, oh, okay, but it doesn't make sense later. So they're driving the van to uh, Texas. They get about halfway there, um, and they accidentally run over somebody in a parking lot at a gas station, which is pretty shitty. Um, Yeah, whoops. (laughs) Turns out it's our old friend Scott Eastwood, who is hitchhiking to Shreveport, Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, he is a svelte-looking young man. He's got like the the rippled abs and the no, chest. That wasn't Scott Eastwood. That wasn't no. Which who was Scott Eastwood then? He was the son, the deputy's son. I thought this guy was Scott no, Eastwood. No, this guy wasn't Scott. <laughs> well, who's this guy then? I don't know. <laughs> well, that dude. Now that you mention it, that dude did look a lot more like Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, well, that okay. Just forget what I said earlier about him <laughs> not looking like him like his dad at all. I thought that was Scott Eastwood. No. All right. <laughs> Clearly, I need to stick around for the credits of these movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, well, they run over this random dude who looks good with his shirt off on accident. They don't kill him, but he gets up and he's like, ah, shit, I'm going to sue your ass. Or you can just give me a piece of beef jerky and a ride. And they're like, okay, we'll give you a ride. So they get in. He gets in. He's, you know, of their age group, and he seems like a pretty laid back dude. So they're driving, and they kind of fill him in on what's going on with... Um, the mother, the grandmother, and how she's gonna, Heather's gonna inherit this estate and all that stuff. So they're driving, they get there, they get to Newt, uh, Texas, which is about the size of my living room. And from there, piece of battery suit. From there, uh, they meet the attorney who's got the keys for him, get in, get the, meet the giant house is what she inherits. It's like a plantation. All expensive stuff. Now, this was the house of Verna Sawyer, who we also came to know in Leatherface, the prequel, whom I also suspected was like a weird mafiosa, white trash, Texas mafiosa type of a chick. She was running shit, man, and she was making all kinds of money doing shady shit. That's that looks like Clint Eastwood, yeah. like around the eyeballs. Yeah. All right, that makes more sense. <laughs> that one's on me. Anyway. So that's pretty gnarly, and she's like, oh, look at all this cool shit. It's like this old plantation-style house, expensive stuff, pool tables everywhere. Everybody's like, whoa, this is awesome. That was nice. Yeah, so Daryl, the hitchhiker's like, you know what? I'm going to buy you guys dinner, and I'm going to cook it for you. So he gives them like 40 bucks and tells them to go back in town, get the biggest steaks that they can. So they're clean up this place. They're thinking, okay, well, he's buying, so I guess we can trust him. They all pile into the van and take off. While there, he's there at the house by them by himself. He's like, "I'm gonna rob this fucking place." So he starts stealing like silverware and candlesticks. And what is he gonna do with all that shit? I don't know. I, I always well, maybe the candlesticks were maybe they were silver antiques or something. But who the fuck is gonna buy that? I don't know. Oh, you just found this stuff. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here with that. Maybe he's got a candle collection. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's one of those uh, weirdos. <laughs> he wears a bed, bath, and body work. He's going to go, he's, <laughs> he's going to be on Antiques Roadshow next week. That's, and that's right. That's where he's going to unload it all. <laughs> While he's snooping around, he grabs the keys. There's like a master key set. Grabs the keys and he's like, I'm going to find the safe because I'm sure there's a lot of loose cash. Yeah. Finds a breakaway, a false wall that leads to like a catacomb underneath the place. Mm hmm. Finds a door that uh, he pops open, and then another door which seems to only open from one side. Now, funny thing about that door, there's a tray of eaten food on the outside of it. 
Yeah. That's what I like to call a warning sign. Yeah. A good time for you to get the fuck out of there as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. He's not paying attention, though. He's going to break into this fucking door. Yeah. That's so, interesting. Yeah, he's like trying to pry it open, and he breaks his knife, and then all that shit. While that's going on, we're going to cut back to town, where our four friends are doing some shopping. First thing we're going to discover on this little shopping trip is that Nikki, Heather's best friend, at one point or another has had sex with her boyfriend, Brian, and is really wanting to do it again, too. Mm -hmm. I should mention Brian, played by the hip-hop artist Trey Songs. Um, Not much of an actor, I don't feel like. But to be fair, his role was severely limited. I mean, basically all he did the entire movie was stand around and look concerned and periodically look good with his shirt off. Yep. I can do half of that. <laughs> Regardless, uh, she grabs his dick and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not doing that again. I was drunk. So at one point they did have sex. Now, uh, while that's happening outside, Heather is like poking around. She gets approached by the local law enforcement played by Scott Eastwood, who's a handsome young man. He's like, hey, you guys doing a barbecue? Where at? Um He's talking to her, and while he's talking to her, his dad comes over, He's who happens to be the mayor, and also happens to be uh, Bert Hartman, who was the leader of the fucking lynch mob back in 73. Now again, if our timeline is correct, uh, Hartman would have to be at least in his 80s, because he was 30, 35 at the time of the lynch mob. Right. So if it's 2015, he's got to be pushing 85, 90, but... He looks like he's aged about uh, a month and a half since the lunch mob. It's fine. Whatever. I'm nitpicking. I don't mean to. So he rolls up, and they both kind of flirt with Heather a little bit. And uh, Hartman makes her an offer on the old Sawyer estate on the spot. He's like, shoot me a number. I'll take it off your hands. You just name it. And she's like, I think I'm going to hang on to it for a bit. Uh, He's real persistent on buying the place, though. So from there, uh, they get back in the van, and they go back to the Hartman estate where we Come to realize that the place has been ransacked. While that's going on, while all that was happening, downstairs, uh, Daryl the Hitchhiker basically comes face-to-face with Bubba Sawyer, Jeb Sawyer. Uh, we get our our obligatory hammer strike kill right here. Yeah. Which is what we have come to expect from a Chainsaw Massacre film. You Definitely. Gotta, you got to have uh, somebody get hit in the head with a hammer. Yeah. And he got hit in the head with a hammer repeatedly. And then the sliding door. And wow. then the... Wow. And there it is. That's the, Well, he was a thieving prick anyway. Yeah. So fuck him. Uh, they get back there. They can't find Daryl. They notice the place has been ransacked, and they're like, oh, this thieving piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Start looking around. Uh, you know, silverware is missing. Candlesticks are missing. The whole shit. Uh, starts looking around, and they're like, you know what? We're just going to be, we're just going to have a good time anyway. We're mm-hmm. just going to hang out. Uh, Nikki's boyfriend, the little guy with the weird hair is some kind of a aspiring chef. So he's going to make dinner now. So he's getting dinner ready. Uh, Nikki is outside smoking a joint. Um, Heather is upstairs poking around and Brian is shooting pool by himself. So again, Nikki wants to fuck Brian again. So she hatches this elaborate scheme of how she's going to get him alone. Uh, she goes out to the horse stables and puts like some shot glasses and a bottle of tequila out there. Mm-hmm. And then she comes running in and she's like, Brian, Brian, oh my God, you have to come see this. This is so fucked up. Oh. So he's like, whoa, 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 calm down. Just hold on. She, he follows her out to the horse stables and she's like right there in the corner under the bucket. So he lifts it up and there's the shot glasses and the tequila and he turns around and she's naked. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll say this, uh, she's a pretty attractive young lady. Had a nice body on her. Hmm. Would, no, you don't think so? Yeah, she's all right. I mean, if I had to pick between her and Alexandra Daddario. Alexandra Daddario. Hands down. Yeah. But still, I wouldn't kick this one out of bed either. Uh, so that's pretty fucked up. And while that's going on, uh, Jeff, who is supposed to be Nikki's boyfriend, discovers the fake wall, which leads down to the catacombs. He goes down there. He finds all the silverware scattered about, and he's like, oh, Daryl, what are you doing? Daryl, Daryl, come on out here, you fucking prick. Um, of course, once he gets down there, he, like, Leatherface pops out from the false wall, chases him up the stairs, and meat hooks him as he's going up there. Right in the back. Right in the back. Ooh. Now we're going to cut upstairs to Heather. She is poking around. And one thing that I didn't mention about this elaborate estate of Verna Sawyer's is that it has its own cemetery on premises. Yeah. Filled with Sawyer's and Carson's, which is the lineage of the Sawyer clan. Mm -hmm. To include Sissy uh, Sawyer, Loretta Sissy Sawyer, who would be Heather's mom. Um, There is a tombstone with a W.E. Sawyer on it. I don't know who that's supposed to be. That might be Nubbins, or it could, I guess it might be Chop Top. I don't know. I, we never got a definitive answer on who the fuck W.E. Right. Sawyer is, except that his name comes up a lot. Um, who else did we have? We had Verna Sawyer, who had a fresh grave, mm-hmm. um, and stuff, you know, other Sawyers and Carsons. Uh, so Heather's upstairs poking around, like trying on perfumes and sn- smelling stuff and. <laughs> I guess that's what you do in a new house. You go smelling. <laughs> Let me yeah. just take a quick sniff around in this room. It smells old. I don't think I like it. <laughs> I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something with this one. Uh, it's, so b- b- she comes around a corner and finds the dead body of Verna propped up on a chair. Mm-hmm. She's like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Goes running downstairs, screaming and hollering, trying to. Brian, where are you? Brian gets to the kitchen where Leatherface has emerged. And he's got like a bowl and a severed hand, and he's cutting the fingers off the hand into a bowl. And she's like, yeah, she's like, oh, fuck this guy. So she goes hauling ass. She still can't find Brian. So Leatherface just takes off right after her with a chainsaw. She runs out to the cemetery in a rather ingenious move, jumps into the grave of Verna Sawyer and closes the lid. Mm Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, something we have to assume here, and I don't know if this fits, like, logically, that, okay, so Leatherface killed Daryl, and at some point after that, but before they came home, he went out to the cemetery, dug up Verna, and put her back upstairs in her bedroom. I don't know, I don't know, that's just what we're going with, because how else would, could she have possibly gotten out of her grave, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's what I gotta go with. Yeah. So that's fine. Uh, she's hiding in the grave. Leatherface is running around the cemetery revving the chainsaw. Now, it's a fair assumption that we can make that sexual coitus did in fact occur between Brian and Nikki in the stables. And the reason why I say that is because when they hear the chainsaw, they come running out. Brian, sans shirt. Nikki, wearing Brian's shirt. Mm-hmm. Fuck these two. I hate them both. And it's not because they're cheaters. It's because if you've got Alexandra Daddario, you don't cheat. Right? You do not cheat. How dare you? I'm offended by this type of behavior. Mm-hmm. Insensitive prick. Well, look at all the stuff she's going through. And he's in the horse stables nailing her friend with tequila. Yeah. For Christ. And her friend is a not a very good friend. Nope. Not a very good, not friend. A very good friend. That's a hot take. 
right here from the padded room. <laughs> All right, anyway, so that happens. They see Leatherface. He's sawing through the casket trying to get to Heather. They're like, oh, shit, he sees them. He goes running after them, giving Heather a chance to break free. He goes to the uh, the barn and starts, you know, trying to get in there. Nikki grabs a uh, shotgun that just happened to be about in the barn, and she's all, Welcome to Texas, motherfucker! Ah, And then shoots the the door, which does absolutely nothing. Yeah, stupid. And this is where we get another obligatory scene in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The wrecking of a door. Happens in every movie. The doors are the... Doors and armadillos are the real victims of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Kids, eh, fuck them anyway. But doors and armadillos, no way. Regardless, uh, he does a number on the barn door trying to get to these clowns. Eventually, he does get through the barn door. And uh, that's when Heather has commandeered the VW van and but like runs him over into, into the barn. So she's like, get in. Brian and uh, Nikki hop in the van. They go peeling out. Leatherface is just chasing him on, a, on foot at this time. Now, they get to the, the – there's like a gate that surrounds the, the premises. Right. And the lawyer who gave her the keys to the place specifically stated that there's a code to open the door from the, the gate from the outside, but it opens automatically from the inside. <clears throat> now, some simple critical thinking here could have saved these two uh, knuckleheads. Oh, yeah. But instead, they decide, fuck it, ramming speed. Right into the gate. Uh, metal gate. All of, uh, what What do you think? VW van probably weighs about 85 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I don't or know. Or iron gate. It uh, just say. runs right into it. Uh, the gate The gate just stands there and laughs at yeah. him pretty much. And it pretty much smashes their van to shit. Like, oh, fuck, come on. Now they can't get it started because it's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather is like, you guys are idiots. It's an automatic gate. If you would have just waited a second, it would have opened by itself. So now the gate starts opening. Leatherface is coming right down the road at him. Pretty intense little scene here. Yeah. Eventually, they get it started, and they get through the gate, and then they stop immediately on the other side of the fucking gate. Why? I think I think the vehicle just died. I don't I don't know, but whatever. It seemed to me that they just went through the gate and stopped, yeah. allowing Leatherface to come through the gate and chainsaw into the the tires, the wheels of the the van, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, okay, now we'll go." So then they take off. With three good wheels, uh, sparks flying out of the back, and of course they careen off the road and roll the van, and that kills Brian almost instantaneously on some broken glass. Yeah. Good. I didn't like him. I didn't like him. Right. Buddy, I don't care for that guy. Mm-hmm. He's dead. Uh, Nikki's still alive and screaming for help. Uh, so is Heather. They're trying to get out of the van. Leatherface is now pacing around the outside of the van and like sawing all the windows out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather gets out and goes hauling ass into the woods. Uh, Leatherface just chases her blindly into the woods. Uh, apparently not too far from here, some kind of a circus carnival type of a thing is going on, which is pretty cool. She hops the fence and she is now in the carnival. Leatherface hops the fence. There's a big crowd there. There's a fun house. He cuts through the fence. Oh, he went through the fence is what he did because he's got a chainsaw. (laughs) I don't see him hopping a fence or anything. (laughs) Hey, Connor's in the house. What's up, Connor? Hey, Connor. Talking about Texas Chainsaw 3D, man. Uh, so Leatherface is now chasing her through the carnival. And we got a cute little scene where a guy dressed up as Jigsaw jumps out with a fake chainsaw. That was and they kind, 
they kind of had like a little chainsaw off, and then the <laughs> yeah. jigsaw guy's like, "Fuck this, man!" And he goes taking off. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was some kind of a stab at the Saw franchise. I, I think it was. Well, it was pretty pretty silly. It was pretty hacky, sir or ma'am, whoever wrote that into the script. Whatever. Uh, it, it, this part was actually kind of cool though, because Leatherface is chasing her um, in a probably not the smartest move she decides to grab onto the the ferris wheel and just go all the way up hanging by the feet just hanging just hanging hanging but from the outside of a cart she could have just as easily gotten into the cart but she just goes all the way up and leatherface is just down there going, <laughs> yeah just wait till it comes back around all right i'll be right here bitch it's come you're gonna have to come down sooner or later and she's going, oh, my God, uh, Deputy Eastwood, uh, or Hartman, is just uh, down the road there. He's, like, getting a tube sta- or a funnel cake or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to pop in a DVD and a Blu-ray player. All righty. Okay. <laughs> you do that. So that's what that, – eventually he's like, okay, there's something going on here. I'm going to go find out. So he draws his weapon and runs across the, the carnival – and he's like, hey, freeze. And he sees Leatherface. Leatherface throws the chainsaw at him and then takes off as he's, like, ducking out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, also eating coffee-flavored ice cream. Ooh, I like that. That sounds really That good. sounds pretty good, Connor. Yeah. I'm, I'm into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't eat too much of it, though. It'll probably give you the runs. Uh, so that's when Leatherface makes his big escape as he throws. And if you're watching this in 3D, this is a pretty cool scene because the chainsaw comes whipping at your camera. It's pretty cool. Uh, so that everything kind of calms down for a minute after that. We get uh, Heather back to the, the police station, mm-hmm. start asking her questions. Uh, she's like, this is fucking, I came out of the bottom of my house. He's a big lunatic with a face on, and he's going to try to kill me for some reason. I have no idea. And uh, Deputy Hartman is like, well, you're all, you're, I got a whole box of evidence here of, about the Sawyers and everything. He takes it out and leaves it on the table. And then the sheriff comes in and he's like, hey, everybody just calm down. What's mm-hmm. going on here? And then, of course, the fuckhead mayor has to roll into the oh, house. Because yeah. apparently there's nothing on TV tonight for him to watch. So he just goes and hangs out at the police precinct. And he's the like, God damn it. Here. I'm going to tell you what's going on with these goddamn Sawyers. Uh, they leave Heather alone in the room with the big box of evidence. So she starts flipping through the pages and she does the math and she re- comes to realize that her whole family was slaughtered uh, back on uh, August, back in August of 1973 after the events of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So she's like, fuck this and fuck this town. Starts, you know, doing the math with the names. Hartman, oh, there's a picture of the mayor. He's holding oh, yeah. a, one of my, de- like a f- severed foot from one of my relatives and his son, he's a prick and fuck, fuck this whole shit. So she just hauls ass. While that's going on, we have a deputy on the scene of the van wreck. And he's looking for either a dead body or a Vic. He's looking for Nikki is what he's doing. Yeah. Can't find her, so he decides he's going to go up to the uh, Sawyer estate and go poking around. Gets there, uh, sees a massive blood trail going up the steps into the house. So he's like, I better investigate this, man. And uh, the sheriff's like, no, dude, just stay by the wreck. And he's like, eh, this looks like probable cause. I should probably get in there. So that's when that's when plot hole number two shows up. The mayor gets on the radio and he's like, give me a visual. So the deputy pulls out a smartphone and dials him on FaceTime and then starts going through the house, yep. holding the camera on FaceTime so that the mayor and the sheriff can see everything. 
So we clearly can't be in 1995. That doesn't make any sense. Right. All right, whatever. Uh, another little faux pas here is that during their conversation, the, uh, the mayor asked him if he had his Desert Eagle on him. The weapon that he pulled out was not a Desert Eagle. It was a standard-issue police Beretta. Mm. So for all you gun nuts out there, somebody's paying attention. Uh, regardless, he's in there. And we get a pretty intense scene of him like following the blood down into the basement, into the catacombs, and seeing like Leatherface's workshop. It was and pretty cool. It was pretty dope. And uh, Trey Song's severed head in a bucket. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, God, I'm going to throw up. Blah, blah, blah. And then eventually uh, Leatherface attacks him in the kitchen and basically just hacks him to death with yeah. a little hatchet. Just whack, 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 whack mm-hmm. in the back. And the guy's freaking out. Everybody's screaming. It's great. Uh, takes him down into the workshop or whatever you want to call it and defaces him. Yeah. And makes himself a new face, Mm -hmm. which is good because the one that he had on was pretty fucking ragged, man. Yeah. It was really just like a loose collection of like fingernail clippings and dead skin that you peel off your your fingertips when it gets too dry. You know what I'm talking about? I hadn't killed anybody. In a long time, you know? He's got a a nice little setup down there in the Mm -hmm. basement until Verna died. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, that's pretty gnarly. So now we know we have a situation on our hands. sews it through his cheek. sews it through his fucking cheek. That was pretty cool. Why are you doing that? So it stays. Do you make a little, do a little tie in the back, you know? <laughs> it'll stay smart. It'll stay on there just fine. You don't need to go all Dr. Moreau on him. Jesus Christ. He's not that smart. Well, I mean, there's, whatever, dude, whatever you're into. And then he was etching off the, the picture. Yeah, of, of yeah. He's people. got like a picture of the, the newspaper, picture of the massacre, and he's like scratching that particular cop's face mm-hmm. off. So uh, he's, he's on a bit of a revenge Type of a mission here, yeah. which I like. As long as they come to his house. Fucking A. <laughs> now he's going to go to their house, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty gnarly. Uh, so back at the police station, though, Heather has done the math, and she's like, fuck that. I got to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. So she hauls ass. Uh, gets out into the street, calls her attorney, and he's, she's like, hey, man, I just found out what happened to the Sawyers, and I think the goddamn mayor's trying to kill me with his... Uh, Hartman clan and try, I don't know man I, I got a real bad feeling there's a fucking maniac in the basement with a chainsaw wearing other people's faces he's running around can you just give it very least give me a ride he's like yeah look meet me at the bar I'll uh, pick you up and we'll, we'll they'll explain everything or as best I can right so she goes to the bar meets the lawyer they have a talk uh, we f- basically find out that Verna Sawyer was not present during the the massacre um at the at the in the in the first movie, so after that, Jeb managed to escape the burning of the house and made it to her new house, the Carson estate, and there she was able to kind of uh, keep him contained and happy there in the basement, and everybody lived happily ever after, except nobody liked Verna in the town, uh, rightfully so, I suppose. But yeah. regardless. Uh, so that's that's when, uh, you know, and she's like, how did you find me? And she's like, Verna knew about you the whole time. She figured you were safer not being a Sawyer. That's why she never approached you, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Because oh, if yeah. they found out there was another Sawyer running around, all right, here we go all over again. fucking Rubes would be patrolling the streets trying to find her. So anyway, as that's happening, Mayor Fuckface rolls in and he's like, oh, there she is. I'm going to get her. Uh, the lawyer stalls him for a second and she goes running out the back. Uh, puts a little bit of a beating on the lawyer, unfortunately. Uh, she gets outside and running through the uh, the parking lot. Another car comes up and runs her over. 
not really runs her over, but like hits her and knocks her down. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a steak knife that she stole from the bar. So as soon as the lawyer's or the uh, mayor's, you know, little redneck friend gets out, he's like, "Hey, I got you now, girl!" And she swipes his face mm-hmm. with the steak knife. She goes hauling ass again. The mayor and the his redneck friend are chasing her. She was unaware that uh, Scott Eastman was the son of the mayor. So she sees him sitting in his patrol car. He's like, "Hey, man, you got to get me out of here. There's some weird shit." Mm-hmm. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, come on, I'll get you. I'll, yeah, come on. I'll get you back to the station. We'll figure this out or Hop something." In the back. So he, she gets in the police car and they go driving off uh, in the back. And then he gets on the radio and he's like, "Dad, I got her." And this is where we get the reveal that yeah. he's actually the mayor's son. Don't. Shit. Hate it when that happens. So she's like, you're a Hartman. And then she takes a steak knife and sticks it through the little air holes in the back of the cop car thing. And she's like, I'm a Sawyer. <laughs> she's starting to go a little crazy herself yeah. at this point, I think. Yeah. So uh, the mayor tells the kid <clears throat> to take her to the old slaughterhouse, which is way out on the outskirts of town. Uh, well, that's, that's what he does. Uh, while that's going on, we cut back to the police precinct where the lawyer has showed up demanding to speak to the sheriff. He's like, Hey man, my client is Heather Sawyer and, uh, one of your deputies just picked her up and I don't know where he's taking her out on old route 28, which goes out of town. The mayor's got some nefarious scheme for her. I don't know what's happening. So they look at the thing and they see where they're going. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go out to, you stay here. I'm going to go out to the old slaughterhouse and figure out what's what. Uh, now, mind you, Leatherface himself is back at the Sawyer estate. He has himself a dead police officer and a dead cop car just in the on the premises. So he hears all this chatter going back and forth on the dead cop's radio, and he's like, hmm, I'm going to the slaughterhouse. I got to get myself to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> so first thing he does, puts on a fresh tie. Yep, and I like that about that it. was pretty cool. You gotta, you gotta look, <laughs> you gotta look the part, buddy. <laughs> That's right. You know, you gotta dress for the job that you want. Mm-hmm. I don't know what job he wants. A tie and chainsaw go together. Um, uh, maybe like some kind of a <laughs> traveling saw chainsaw salesman. I don't know. I don't know what he's <laughs> traveling saw man. He he could do it. He could be the guy. Uh, and he goes Holland. So now everybody's gonna converge on the old slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather and. Um, Deputy Hartman get there first. Uh, he ties her up. She uh, in like a weird kind of like a draw it and quarter kind of a way. And in doing so, rips her shirt open right down the middle. Oh, yeah. And you're thinking, and I'm thinking, and everybody watching this movie is thinking. Any second. Here they come. Yep. <laughs> here they come. I am going to see them boobies any minute now. Here, they're coming at me. They're going to be in my face. And for the duration of the movie, that shirt stays open. It is just, and the boobs are there, and they're back and forth and up and down, and you do not get to see a fucking thing. God damn it. All right, so anyway, uh, what happens from there... <laughs> I Tell me f- how you really feel. I feel, like I, was che- I feel like I was cheated in a weird way. Me and my penis were both cheated. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, it's actually, I think it's actually hotter in, it, a, in it a weird is. way that yeah. you don't get to the see imagination. the full... Package because you get to see enough to where you know, but you don't know, right? And that is something to beat off too, my friends. <laughs> you heard it here. Anyway, uh, she, they're the first ones there, and then the next one is um, Hartman and his redneck friend. But while 
they're outside and you know they go out the, the son goes out there to meet them he's like oh you know get out of here son this ain't no place for a police officer mm-hmm. and then um while that's happening leatherface sneaks in the back and I don't think at this point Leatherface knew that Heather was his cousin. No, no he didn't. Because he kind of, he's like, I'm going to get you now, bitch. And he puts the saw on her shoulder and she's like screaming. She's gagged, by the way. She's like screaming and trying to get away. Yeah. And then he comes around the front of her. And something that we haven't really touched on is that she has like this scar on her chest. Um, so apparently all the Sawyers wear this necklace. It's like an S with a circle in it. It's right. like a medallion. And uh, in the fire during the original massacre... It got hot. It got hot. And as um, Sissy Sawyer was holding a baby Heather, it burned her and left her that little half-ass S scar on her chest. Ouch. So it's kind of like a brand, I guess. Mm-hmm. But Bubba sees that and he's like, oh, okay, you're, I guess you're, we're related somehow. So he cuts her free. Yeah, he, well, first he rips the thing off her face. Yeah. And then she finally says, I'm your cousin. I'm your cousin. And then he cuts her free, and she goes hauling ass, just as the sheriff and his redneck buddy are walking in. So um, they put a pretty good beating on Leatherface. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, like, hitting him with sticks and clubs and stuff. And eventually they put a chain around his neck, and which connects to a hoist. And there's yeah. some kind of a meat grinder thing yep. going on there. And they're going to drop him into the meat grinder, which sounds good in theory, Except that the hoist moves at the speed of farts. Right. And what's even dumber is instead of just saying, okay, off to the meat grinder you go, we're going to stand over you and talk shit the whole time you are slowly being drugged towards the grinder. (laughs) Very slowly, mind you. You got to get everything out of your chest. You got to say it all. So they had plenty of time to do that. That tie looks terrible. (laughs) That's right. Who wears uh, that fucking shirt? What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. But that's what's happening. Little redneck guy is, is running the hoist. Mayor's talking a bunch of shit. Um, Heather makes it all the way out of the uh, um, slaughterhouse, but then she hears like the beating yeah. going on, and she's like, these fucking assholes. So she grabs a pitchfork, goes running back inside, sneaks up on the redneck uh, sidekick, and stabs him with the pitchfork. He's out of the Ooh. equation. Um and she goes like gets up on the mayor with the pitchfork, and she's like, "Come on, you little fucker!" And then they get into a little scuffle. He's like trying to hit her with a club. As all that's going on, uh, the sheriff comes up behind him on like a scaffolding and draws his weapon, um, which distracts the mayor for a second, which allows Heather to grab the chainsaw and throw it to uh, Leatherface, who is behind the mayor. Um, now we have like a little bit of a crisis of conscience here because the sheriff is in an elevated position with a firearm, so he can end this at any minute. Oh, yeah. Instead, he just kind of lowers his weapon and watches the whole thing play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leatherface fires up the saw, cuts the Achilles tendons of the of the mayor, oh, man. who then hooks him to the, the weird hoist thing, and then he gets drugged into the uh, uh, meat uh, grinder thing there. Yep. Which is pretty disgusting, yeah. buddy. Well, then he hangs on to He it. tries to hang on, but then he cuts his hands off, Ooh. too. Right. Right. Yeah. Rights he do there, old pal. And that is, uh, then the sheriff is like, get this whole shit cleaned up, talking to um, Heather and Bubba. And then he just holsters his weapon and walks out. Mm-hmm. And then we get like a kind of a weird ha- like beat to shit montage of them walking back to the house, her kind of like cleaning up Jeb's face and then him walking back down to the basement and closing the door. 
And that's pretty much in your movie. But if you stay yeah. for after the credits, did you catch the credit cookie? No, I didn't. If you stay for after the credits, there's a cute little scene where uh, her original white trash parents show up at the Verna Sawyer estate. And they're like, ooh, look at all this money. And then Leatherface comes running out the front door and that's the end of that. Oh, wow. That's the end of that. And that's pretty much all there is for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Or it's just, I believe this one is just Chains- Texas Chainsaw 3D. Uh, There's like multiple names for it. Yeah, you know. Texas Chainsaw 3, Texas Chainsaw 3D, and then Texas Chainsaw Unrated or something like that. Oh, there's all There's a bunch of different versions. It was weird. It's a good show. I like it. What did you think? It was all right. A lot of things didn't make sense, but I mean, it, it was all right. If you can ignore the incontinuity in the timeline and just forget about like dates and, um, you know, how old people should be versus how old they appear to be. If you can just ignore all that shit, it's not a bad show. Yeah. It fits with the uh, the Sawyer timeline, which I really like. And I really like that we got back to Vernus. Well, I guess this came out first. So we got we got some more backstory of Vernus. Vernus Sawyer, I think, is my favorite Sawyer of the whole clan. Yeah. She is running shit. And mm-hmm. she doesn't take crap from anybody, even after she's dead, really. Yeah, she's like a Sawyer... Mafioso. Mafioso, yeah. She is big balling for... Madame. Yes, that too. Scary stuff, dude. Mm-hmm. And she will eat your ass if you fuck up. Mm-hmm. Feed you to the pigs even. You don't want Literally. any... You don't want any <laughs> of that, man. Stay on her good side. Yeah. That is pretty much all we got on the old uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Uh, why don't we take us a little break and we'll come back with some other stuff, yeah? Oh, yeah. G'day, mate. Welcome to Australia. Home of baby-eating dingoes, 100 different animals ready to kill you, Mick Taylor, Mick Dundee, and 20 other guys called Mick. Oh, and the dumbest bloke on planet Earth. I'm Ben, and I'm here to learn about horror films. But fear not, I've come to help this poor special needs kid as I make him sit down and watch some of the greatest and not-so-greatest horror films out there in our podcast, Horror for Dummies. Hooray! So join us every week on the Pattern Room Network as we talk about horror films, old and new, and listen to some favorite tracks while we spray some spiders. So the question stands, where the bloody hell are ya? So jump onto your kangaroo and hop on over to the Padded Room Network.
yourself in many worlds of horror, including Wicked Wednesdays with Alan and Shell Easterling, Horror for Dummies with Tim and Jaleesa Davis, Who Will Survive with Paul Stevenson and Marco Pastos, The Resurrection of Zombie 7 Podcast with Ron Martin Jessica Feeney. Dark History with Sarah Nowinski. Oh, and you cannot forget the Psych Ward with Darian and Mandy. There are so many frights for you. 
that are just waiting a click away. Oh, uh, Igor, c come closer with that cock monster. My, my energies is a... Uh, they're purging too much. Go watch the shows. I mean, listen to them. This is a podcast. You listen. You don't watch. Plug my ass, Igor. I'm making no sense. <laughs> Laugh with me, Igor. Laugh with me. Hey inmates, if you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back. Hell yeah. I would love to find out that I was adopted. But knowing um, my family and the, the, just the way my luck has been, it would turn out that I was adop adopted from a much worse family. <laughs> so right. I'd be like, I'm going to go find my real parents. I'm sure they're millionaires somewhere. Turns out they live in a goddamn one-bedroom apartment. Oh, well, fuck. <laughs> right? One-bedroom studio. That's fucking ass. I should have just stayed <laughs> home. Shit. I'm like, All right, bye. I'm going back to my other fake parents. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, that's just how my luck is, buddy. Hmm. You know? Why even bother? Yeah. Why even bother is what I say. <laughs> and if you are adopted, uh, you know, really it's just it's just DNA that you share with those people. Right. You know, unless that means something to you, then by all means go look for them. Mm -hmm. Like when I found out I was actually English. I've been raised my entire life to believe that I was Irish. And then I did that stupid DNA thing, found right. out I was mostly English and 1% black, <laughs> which was uh, highly, well, it, it, it accounts for a lot now that I think about it. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to say what, though, you perverts. All right, you ready to get into the Terradome, man? Oh, yeah. We took last week off, but now we are back with the semifinals. Let's get into the Terradome. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll drive you crazy. I'll kill you all. Dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face, with blackish eyes, the devil's eyes. Welcome to the Terradome. 
We are in the Asylum Conference Round 9 Singles Division. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not very good at writing things. <clears throat> or reading my own handwriting, for that, ma- that matter. The cemetery was empty, just like the rest. The doctor had become desperate for spare parts, but the recent pandemic of grave robberies was keeping him from restocking. If he didn't find a fresh female cadaver soon, his previous creation would continue to wreak havoc on him and everyone around him. His protection fee was simple, a mate. The creature of his creation was lonely and dangerous. It needed a bride or the doctor would never be free of it. Two days previous, a local barmaid met with an untimely end in a motor accident. The perfect candidate. But Dr. Frankenstein comes to retrieve the cadaver and finds the casket empty. Small footprints in the cemetery mud, two sets dragging a third into a nearby crypt. Undoubtedly, the grave robbers. The doctor is a smart man and knows that attempting to retrieve the girl is a job much better suited for his creation. Singles competition, we have Frankenstein versus the tall man. Buddy, how say you? <laughs> tall man. I'm going to have to agree with you, man. There's a reach advantage. Uh, there is a... There, there, there's a bit of an intelligence advantage. Uh, those yeah. balls flying around, they'll get, they'll take him down, dude. And oh, yeah. I know he's supposed to be indestructible, Frankenstein's monster, but I feel like if you punch enough holes in him, he's gonna stop. Yeah, immobilize, immobilize him. Yeah. You know, that's what I say. I'm going with uh, the tall man on that one. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at the team's competition, shall we? Yeah. Santa Carla had always lived up to its reputation. It didn't get to be the murder capital of the world based on its boardwalk and merry-go-round. David and the boys knew that when they took up residence. The beach, the ocean, the nearby cliffs, the bustling tourist trade, and the inevitable criminal element that it brought made it perfect for vampiric, vampiric hunting grounds. But what's dead doesn't always go away. Bodies were constantly washing up on one particular stretch of beach. The locals called it the Widow's Walk and made it a point to avoid it. Things seen moving through the surf and the moonlight, locals disappear from their homes further inland just to wash up in the evening tides, and the screaming of a bereaved woman to be heard against the breaking of the waves. David and his friends never themselves had business on the Widow's Walk until tonight, as one of their prey eludes them, the mortal's trail leading right to the dark tides. Team's competition, we have the Lost Boys versus the Vengeful Ghosts, buddy. How say you to that one? man. That's a tough one, man. Yeah, it is. Um, mm. I mean, we've seen ghosts do some pretty wacky shit as far as, like, uh, you know, causing accidents. Um, Lost Boys. Oh, man. But what is is a vampire going to do to a ghost, really? There's no blood to drink. I'm going to take the ghost, because yeah, why not? How say I'm, you? I'm going to have to go with the ghost as well. There you have it. Those are your Terradome matchups for the weekend, mates. Singles competition is the tall man versus Frankenstein's monster. Teams competition is the ghost, vengeful ghost versus the lost boys. Get us on the regular old email, thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com or the mental health hotline, area code 775-387-0275. While you're considering those matches, or you know what? You don't have to vote on the Terradome if you don't want to. You could uh, tell us that we suck. We haven't been trolled in a while. Uh, you yeah. could uh, tell us what movies you watched this week that you like. Compliment Buddy on his beard. It's magnificent. <laughs> I, I myself don't care for it, but people seem to enjoy it. God damn it. 
Just just let us know you're out there and that you're listening. That would be awesome. And while you're thinking of a reason to email us, <laughs> we're going to tell you what movies we watched. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? I am still trying to do the 31 for 31 in October. Yeah. I've fallen drastically behind. I think I'm on like 28 right now or something like that. Oh. But I'm catching up. Yeah. And I'm convinced I'm going to do it and I'm going to make it to through. So you're not too far off. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up steam here. So I watched uh, Gwen from 2018. Nice. This one's streaming on Shudder. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. It is a bummer of a movie. Okay. And it is, I don't know, I don't know who got the idea that this was a horror film. I mean... There's okay, so it takes place in uh, Wales in during the Industrial Revolution. Okay. There's a mining company that's trying to force this family off their farm so that they can buy the land right. and mine the land. And uh, you keep thinking like the family's going to pull out some witchcraft on mm-hmm. them or something like that because they just keep getting fucked with by this company. And at the end, uh, the company, I'm going to spoil this one, sorry. The company lights the mom on fire, and the kids just go walking off into the hills. Right. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I'm like, and then roll credits, and I'm like, That's, That's it? <laughs> what? That can't be. That's not it, right? Somebody's <laughs> going to come and kill somebody or something? Nope. Light the mom on fire. Girls go walking off. All right. What oh, Anyway. Wow. Uh, Without a Name from 2016. Hmm. This one's also on Shudder. Uh, land Surveyor in Ireland goes into a particularly spiritual stretch of woods. Okay. And decides to make himself some ayahuasca tea and trip balls while he's there. Why not? And uh, we get like some weird shadow people, things of that nature okay. going on. It's pretty gnarly. Nice. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah, what you think? Did you watch this one? No, I haven't. This is a solid Halloween movie. Uh-huh. Uh, not very scary. Okay. It's more of a kid's movie. Right. I feel like. It's Guillermo del Toro. Right. Great special effects, great visuals. Right. Uh, more of a kid's movie, more, almost fairy tale-esque huh. in the end, as usual, as we've come to expect from him. Mm-hmm. Not a bad show either way. Cool. Uh, Body Bags from 1993. Huh. John Carpenter's oh, yeah. anthology series. Have you seen this one? Yeah. Not bad. Uh, you got the the Mark Hamill with the serial killer eyeball uh-huh. transplant. Stacy Keach with miniature snakes for hair. That's right. And uh, the lady that works at the gas station, the the little box gas station thing mm-hmm. at the beginning. It's fine. A uh, haunt from 2019. Ooh, this is a good one, dude. Oh yeah, you should check this one out. Okay, it's uh, you have like a haunted attraction and. Kids start getting killed off in gruesome ways in there. Nice. The killers are fucking dope. They're like a bunch of uh, lunatics that are really into body mod. Wow. So they've got like all these crazy piercings and aggressive tattoos and all that shit. It's pre- it's a pretty wow. sweet show. I liked it a lot. Nice. Uh, Pieces from 1982. Oh, yeah. I'm roll- uh, Probably tomorrow or the next day, I'm going to roll out an episode of Shock Treatment with uh, Dr. Dale and Jessica Feeney. We did Pieces from 1982 and Texas. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation from 1994. Mm. 
<laughs> I like Pieces. Pieces yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, Pieces was pretty good. Texas Chainsaw, The Next Generation. Not so much. It's best that you just pretend it never happened. It never happened. And I think Matthew McConaughey and Renee, Renee Zellweger would agree with you yeah. on that. Just if you could just block it out from memory. Yeah, it seemed like a good idea at the time. It has nothing to do with anything at it, all. It was just all right. All let's right. take uh, Leatherface <laughs> and make him a cross-dresser. Uh-huh. And not only that, but turn him into the biggest pussy in the entire movie. Why not? There, there. I, I forgot. I completely forgot about it. But there's a scene where Renee Zellweger gets loose and actually like starts yelling and sh- like getting in Leatherface's face, and he sits down and cowers. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, who cares? Uh, I'll have an episode of Shock Treatment out either tomorrow or the next day, detailing our thoughts on those two. And that, sir, is all I'm looking at, buddy. Did you get to watch anything at all? I did. I actually nothing horror related. Just saw season three of. Uh... Oh, what the hell was that? Oh, 13 Reasons Why. Oh, there's a third season. Yeah, the third season out on Netflix. Okay. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. I have no interest in watching yeah, it's it. Just, it's just a continuation of the story and more more stuff. More bummer. Yeah. More bummer is what it really is. Oh, yeah. God, forget it. Forget <laughs> that. That's what we're looking at, inmates. Let's do a little immersion therapy, shall we? Mm-hmm. Immersion therapy. Did you get to watch Eli? Yeah. Whoa. Oh. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> yes, I did get to watch Eli. What did you think of that, man? That was poo. Oh. That's a little harsh, don't you think? I, I didn't I, care for it. I was with you up until... Uh, I guess like the last ten minutes. Yeah, check out when you. I mean, yeah, I I liked. I, okay, so now we're we're going from this into that, and I like that until he starts. He comes out and starts doing his own thing, yeah. and then I'm like, all right, yeah, is that what we're doing? We're doing that. And, <laughs> yeah. and oh, and then the girl from next door is like, oh yeah, I'm one of those too. Oh. I know. And there's more of us. It's yeah, more. more all over the place. Oh, okay, then. Stupid. Silly. Are you experiencing any weird paranormal activity, buddy? No. Because apparently that's a thing. My cousins watched this. They were like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, "Did you? are you having the getting the heebie-jeebies? And they're like, no, we weren't really paying attention when we watched it. Anyway. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Maybe that's why. Probably. Yeah, that's, I think it took me like three days to actually watch the whole thing through. I got through it. I've had to fucking sit sit down and focus, <laughs> yeah. but I got through it. It's not. It's not bad. There's some good scenes in there. I really like the part where he's being dragged out outside. Oh yeah, and he's like, you know, he can't. It looks like there's nobody doing it. Mm-hmm. That part was kind of dope. Um Kid's a good actor, though. He's not bad. Yeah, he's not bad. I like Lily Taylor. I've always I, I don't know what is so attractive to her about her to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she acts the same in every movie. She does. Uh, <laughs> she's predictable. I like a predictable woman. You know? <laughs> no, surprises. <laughs> no surprises. No surprises. <laughs> nothing. Nothing exciting coming out of you. <laughs> I like Lily Taylor, man. I liked her in uh, uh, Hemlock Grove. I thought she yeah. was great. Uh, Leatherface, pretty good. This one, kind of, you know, kind of a school marmy type of a lady. It's fine. Yeah. 
But uh, I mean, other other than the ending and what they thought was going to be this big twist, yeah. Once they put them in the basement and you see all the the like the old stuff, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, well, this is clearly not a yeah a it's facility. clearly unholy. Yeah, this is. <laughs> Not the facility that you're advertising, my dear. Right. This is an entirely different thing. Uh, trying really hard not to spoil this one for you, inmates, if you haven't already seen it. But there's a bit of a twist at the end, and you may not like it. Because yeah. certain other things don't add up correctly. Anyway, buddy, what do you got for us this week, Hot Stuff? All right. This week, let's check out 2019's Assimilate. It is written and directed by John Murlowski. Stars Joel Courtney, Colin Worthy, Andy Matichak, and Catherine McNamara. Very cool. Check that out, inmates. We'll do the same. Uh, in the meantime, we have no Miss Monica to educate. We can tell you that she was... Oh, you know what? I'll do it. Fuck it. Educating Miss Monica. Uh, we, I'll tell you right now, she was, in fact, uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Yeah. Which is a great show. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? Yes, I have. Many times I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very hot stuff. Uh, why don't I why, educate me this week? Why don't you? Um, clue. Uh, uh, all right. Hold on. <laughs> so I just got fired from my job with an organized crime family. <clears throat> oh, is this a clue? Yeah, that's a clue. Oh, okay. That's a clue. <laughs> um, I am older than you probably think that I look. And uh, it's a good thing my buddy works at a uh, medical school because he's pretty good about getting me stuff that I need. And I'm really fucking tired of my former employer uh, fucking with me. And my daughter is an alcoholic. Sounds like a comedy. <laughs> there's some there's some pretty funny moments. Okay. Actually, <laughs> think about that, inmates. It's uh, you're probably gonna get it. It's I think I laid that one out pretty pretty easily for you, except not for Buddy. <laughs> Uh, if Monica were here, she'd be jumping up and down, but she wouldn't know the name of the movie. She'd just be going, I know what that is. It's got that guy from The Thing. All right, anyway, not The Thing, the movie, just <laughs> a thing. All right, inmates, that's about going to do us for the week. Uh, think about that. If you can tell me who I am, then I will uh, give you a high five. High five. High five. High five. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Join us next week. We're going to be jumping right into Miss Monica month. It is her birthday next month. Uh, she has designated Crawl from two th- 2019 to start us off. After that, I guess we're just going to do a random list of movies that she wants to do. Yeah. I think there's going to be a couple in there specifically pointed at me to piss me off. I think so. I deserve it. I deserve it. I've, I've been very cruel <laughs> over the years, and I've said some nasty things about Monica. Um so, yes, join us uh, next week for Crawl, getting into Monica Month. Uh, if you get a chance, inmates, head on over to iTunes or wherever you found this. Drop us a five-star review. Put a little something in the comments section. That helps our visibility quite a bit. Or you can head over to paddedroompodcast.com. You can find out anything you need to know about us, any of our affiliate programs, 
Patreon link over there. Uh, we have a prize swag type of a tier thing for your donations and bonus content that I'm going to be relaunching very soon after my fucking in-laws get out of my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, I think that's about going to do it. So for Buddy, Miss Monica and Absentia, movies with crappy twists at the end, uh, hypoallergenic children, um, the Sawyer clan, Verna Sawyer, guys who live in basements, to include my buddy Dr. Dale, and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Bye and have a great week. The truth and dare of the drug for the first time.